Okay. So, first of all, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, pal. Not bad. Um, enjoying the weather, and I think um, as yesterday we we met up. It was just making the most of it. So it was nice to see you yesterday. Um, yeah. And it's just making the most of the weather, really, because I think looking at the forecast, we're looking at a shitty week ahead of us. Yeah, I mean, this is England, so I don't know why we're surprised anymore. No, this is our summer, isn't it? We had we had two months of sun, literally just dry, and now it's actually proper summer, and now we're going to get rain and winter-like weather. The thing that's pissed me off most, right, is it was really, really sunny whilst we were on, like lockdown mm. yeah and you couldn't leave the house at all and now that the restrictions are being lifted it's like god just went nah and just decided to piss on us yeah pretty much pretty much i would agree to that and, and we got really really lucky with the weather this weekend because it's been it's been all right today where i am it's been cloudy but it's at least been warm but yesterday was sunny and it was also warm as well Yesterday was a bit of a mixture, wasn't it? Because we, we couldn't distinguish between actually taking a jumper off and putting it on. And when you put the jumper on, it got really hot. When you took it off, it was really windy. And it was just mm. like, oh, I think I should put it back on. So it was like in between, you probably put the jumper on and off about five or six times and in a couple of hours. Yeah, exactly. But I have to say the best part of yesterday, obviously Dan, Dan and I messed up, messed up yesterday and Dan brought his dog along. And the best part by far was seeing Dan's dog, this little puppy, try and run up and play with these little kids. And these kids freaked the fuck out. They were screaming. They were like, oh, my God, we're being attacked. And it's this little fluff ball called Bailey, who's the nicest little creature I've ever come across. And these children were absolutely terrified by it. I'm like, why? I mean, to put it into context, he's a little cockapoo. And he weighs about three and a half kilograms. So he'll come up to... The middle of your shin at most, probably not yeah. even that, just above your ankle. So he's not a chihuahua size. He's a little bit bigger than that. Of course, he's a puppy. He's got to grow. But he is not a German Shepherd or a Great Dane to run at you and to have you screaming your heart out, which was hilarious to watch, I think, anyway. It was this entire family as well. It wasn't just the children. It was two young yeah. children <laughs> and the mum and the dad. The mum was freaking out. All I feel them. sorry for... I feel sorry for the kids because, you know, being brought up in a household without dogs is a bit weird. But the parents scared of a dog like that, that was a bit <laughs> too much for me. That was hilarious. But, the, you know, I looked in the mirror last night and my forehead was bright red. Oh, I, was, so I was like the opposite of, um, what was that reindeer? Like Santa's reindeer? Um, Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. He had the bright red nose and instead I had the bright red forehead. <laughs> I looked fucking stupid. So you go, you'll go from being red now to in a couple of days being back to white. You never yeah. actually go brown. Exactly. It will just peel off instantly. I either go red or white. So there's no really I mean, in between for me. I mean, you could, you could spend the whole day in the sun and see how red you go and see how brown you go. I mean, it's not really a risk they'll recommend to, to take, but it's something you could try out. <laughs> it's definitely something to try out. I mean, I've got nothing better to do at this point. No, no, we're still, of course, working from home and all that, so... Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that reminds me, it's, it's Dan's birthday tomorrow, as we're recording this. It's the day that yeah. this comes out, and it's also the day that you're coming off of furlough and you're back to work. 
Yeah, so a few weeks ago, I, I said, this is going to be my luck. I'm going to be going back to work on my birthday, and I flipping jinxed it. <laughs> it's happening. Mate, it's, it's like your manager looked at, the, looked at you know, the dates and everything and was like, we can really fuck him here. And that's exactly what they've done. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. But anyway, not getting into that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, d- I guess you don't want to get too much into that. My boss isn't working tomorrow. She's got a day booked off. So I'm, I'm drinking San Miguel, as you can see, and I've been drinking Jack Daniels earlier. So I'm having a great day. So you're working hard, as always, <laughs> basically, is what you're saying. Absolutely. It's Sunday. I can do what the fuck I like. I mean, you can do whatever you want any day of the week, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, as soon as I get off from work, I can just, like, fuck about, basically. But it takes all of my willpower not to do that because I would become a raging alcoholic and my life would just spiral out of control. So it's not a good idea. But yeah. Um, well, what, a couple of times a week on Friday? Saturday. Yeah, Friday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday as well. Brilliant. Like that. I love that. Exactly, mate. So Formula One's coming back. I don't know when exactly it's coming back. Do you know when? So, James... Pull that shit up now before we before we get the dates wrong. Oh, you're playing um, the Joe Rogan part in this. I'm going to be Jamie now. <laughs> Jamie, pull that shit up. Pull that shit up. Yeah. So basically, from what I've seen, um, they have um, cancelled the Japan, Singapore, and is it Azerbaijan um, Grand Tour Prix? And from them, they have said that they're going to do back-to-back Grand Prix in Silverstone. Um, back-to-back Grand Prix in Austria and a few other places. So they've picked locations. I'm not sure why they've picked those certain locations, um, but I think that's something that you could potentially find out on what um, the locations are. Yeah, so Japan, Singapore and Azerbaijan's Grand Prix have all been cancelled. Yep. Um, And they've all just been doing a bunch of test runs Drivers could miss part of racism. Oh, fuck. You see, what's, what's really irritating, well, not irritating, but just confusing, is the fact that, um, hang on, I'm just trying to share my screen. So drivers could miss part of weekend if mechanics test positive, which I think is really fucked up. Because they, they, they would potentially have their results fucked up. Um, because of something that's completely outside of their control. Yeah, this is this is more of a team um, effort as such, rather than a single effort, isn't it? But what you see, you don't realise how much of a team effort Formula One is. Like you see, like at the the because there's two championships, aren't there? There's the drivers' championship. You know, which is the individual, someone like Lewis Hamilton or whatever. And then you've got the Constructors' Championship. So that would be Mercedes or Red Bull or something like that. And so the yeah, teams... You don't really get... You don't, sorry to interrupt, but you don't really get um, much recognition for the team. You've just got the driver who associates with them with that team. And, you know, for the past few years, it's been Hamilton. Before that, it was Vettel. But Vettel associated himself with um, Red Bull, Aston Martin. After that, he's gone to Ferrari and he hasn't really done much. No. Nah. So we haven't really heard as much as we did from him with um, 
Red Bull and he's almost brought Red Bull up a level from what they were before, winning as it three or four championships and having many consecutive years. Um, and he was almost that, you know, almost that Schumacher level where he won so many. But then um, Mercedes came back and they went, well, actually, we've got Hamilton and, you know, whatever. What, I'm, I'm not going to argue here if Hamilton's the better driver. I'm just saying the car that he was driving is clearly better because he, Vettel couldn't perform the same way with uh, Ferrari as he did with Aston Martin. So that's that's potentially a talking point there with what you were saying, the Constructors' Championship and a um, the Drivers' Championship mm. because you've got to find the level there with who's influencing who more. Exactly, and that's the really hard thing to judge because they could make a... They could come up with a... Who's last on the grid? Williams is last, right? They were the one that did worse last season. Yeah, they're down on the bottom yeah. of the table. So, so Williams could theoretically ridiculously turn it around and then suddenly go from last to first. That's not going to happen. But same theory they do, they probably wouldn't get as much credit, the team wouldn't get as much credit as the individual driver would, even though the car is what makes the success ultimately. It's not yeah, like, and I think it, it's not like in an individual sport like athletics, where you take someone like Usain Bolt, um, you know, he gets all the recognition and all of that, but his the team behind him gets no recognition at all. It's a very individual thing. Whereas racing, it's got this weird thing where it is an individual talent, but it's also um, directed and it's uh, supported heavily by a massive team behind them. And that's something you don't really get in a lot of other sports. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with you there. And I think one of the key things is, of course, this was supposed to be the last year where, you know, they, they uh, could spend however much they want. And next year, it was, well, of course, it's, it's still be being, cap. that's it. It's still being the spending cap. And I think gradually it won't be straight away because, of course, you've got the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari who are still going to have the um, advantage for the next few years, whether it's their better cars that they've built or what. But the gap between the Williamses and the, um, Mercedes will come closer together with the spending cap, whether it will be that the drivers are better or what we'll, we'll see. Because we're, in a few years, if Hamilton's still around, it'll be interesting to see if he can still do the same thing when Williams have got a very similar car to them. But then it's, it's like you say, where in the first couple of years, those teams like Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, they've been spending ridiculous amounts and they'll have a big advantage. But as time goes by within potentially five years, maybe 10 at most, you'll start to see a leveling out. There isn't a, spe there isn't a cap spend on the driver's salaries, is there? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. So you can still give um, Ricardo however many million a year like Renault do. Okay, so that'll be really interesting then to see um, whether it is the individual drivers that actually make a difference. Because so far, the only, the only metric I have for telling who's the better driver is who did the faster Top Gear lap. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. The old Top Gear, not the new Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. New, new Top Gear guys, can, yeah. can get fucked. But um, 
old Top Gear where they had that old, uh, I can't remember what it was, it was some hatchback or whatever. And the drivers all went round in that. Like that, that for me is the, is the easiest way of telling who's the better driver by far. Other than that, absolutely. Other than that, I have no metric at all. Because that yeah, it's the I, only I, time when they have the same car in the exact same conditions and they don't have any other excuses apart from potentially the weather. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think back in you know back in the day when they were giving um, just celebrities was it the reasonably priced hatchback that was however much fifteen grand brand new whatever. Um, but they sat down with the Ferrari, not the Ferrari, with the um, Formula One guys and quite a few of the um, proper professional drivers came in and they did those uh, test runs around the course and you had Ricardo break everyone and you know there was this hype over the last few years that you know he's such a great driver he's been driving for this and that and then Renault's come in and said well we're going to give you a shit ton of money come drive for us but Renault's brand and Renault's whole car doesn't seem to be reliable enough because all you see is him breaking down. There's a fault here. There's a fault there. Mm. So now he's going to be moving um, to um, McLaren, isn't he? As of next year. Yeah, it's him and Carlos Sainz, isn't it? Yeah, which is um, wasn't that the partnership? At um, no, it wasn't because it wasn't. No, so they got rid of Sainz in order to sign Ricardo. Yes, yeah, so you're maybe right. Maybe there's yeah. a bit of tension there. All media drama creating stories. Yeah, well, I think if anything, it'll be media because I think these these guys are professionals, and you know they know that essentially if they don't perform, their seat is up for grabs. And uh, Formula One is one of those things where, unfortunately, you most of the time you've got a superior driver and an inferior driver. Yeah, you'll if you have look a number at, one and a number two. Like the, the clearest looks, example I can think of is um, Vettel and Mark Webber at Red Bull, where they, they intentionally, didn't they? They intentionally favoured Vettel because he was the favourite for the individual championships. Even though Mark Webber was a perfectly good driver and he still was making podiums much like uh, Vettel was. And it's, it was quite sad to see, but then it was really cool a couple of years later for Mercedes when Lewis Hamilton and who was the guy? Rosberg, Nico Rosberg were battling out and they said, we're not favouring anyone. We're going to give them exactly the same um, opportunities and, we're, and you know, it's the better driver and the better driver won. So that's a, a good argument for why Lewis was winning. But it was very sad to see Red Bull favour Vettel in that way. Yeah, potentially. I think even if a com- if a, if a team says, you know, we're not going to favour anyone, I think even now, if you look at Mercedes, they'll say, oh, we're not going to favour anyone. But if you've got Bottas and um, Hamilton head to head and they're racing against each other, they are going to tell Bottas to, you know, back off because he hasn't got the same amount of points as Hamilton potentially in the league. So even though I think on paper they say we're not going to favour anyone and, you know, we're, we're going to give the same opportunity, I think. Hamilton's got the experience behind him and he's got the name out there that he's won it however many times and he's pretty much in line to be the next big thing there in front of uh, Schumacher now in F1. So looking at it like that, I think it's one of those things that you can only really apply on paper. There's always going to be a favourite, in, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. No, I, I completely agree with you. Like, 
you know, Lewis has won so many championships and Bottas, I, you know, ever since Rosberg left, left Formula One, I haven't really kept up with it, honestly. So I don't know where he's been coming in the championship relative to Hamilton. But I know that Hamilton's just been, you know, ever since Rosberg left, has just been winning it year after year. So if, if they're put in a situation where they have to favour a driver, they're obviously going to pick Lewis because mm. he will... Isn't he level on championship wins with Schumacher right now? I think he's one away. Okay. If I'm aware, I think Schumacher's got at seven he, and Hamilton's got at six. Okay, so if that's the case, then you would assume that they would want to support him and then get it level with Schumacher. And, you know, because that's a pretty cool thing to have. Oh, you're playing Jamie now, are you? I am playing Jamie. One sec. I just gotta I've gotta make sure that this six and seven is right because it's gonna yeah. annoy me so much. Hamilton, um do you wanna get up on the screen to make it more efficient? Yeah, and you can share your screen. There's a bottom on the bottom of the zoom thing where you can share your screen. Oh one second, one second. Yep, teething problems right here. I mean this can be edited out, can't it? Nope, we're keeping it all in. Brilliant. <laughs> either way, he's re either way he's really fucking good, and Bottas hasn't won anything, so you can't really compare the two. Oh my god, my time. Right. right. So, ah, only you can share the screen. So if oh, you enable me, god damn it. Ah, more basically can share. Yes. Yep. So, it's won it six times. I was right. Okay. Uh, and if we do Schumacher Championships, he has won it seven times. So, I was right. So, you were right. You are vindicated. Yes, I forgive myself for that one. <laughs> no worries, man. It's all good. Um, yeah. um, so, basically, as we were saying, he, he's basically the next big thing. He's going to be the, the face of Formula One. And, you know, without going too far off subject, with what's going on at the moment, I definitely see Formula One putting him on there, um, on the front with, you know, Black Lives Matter and Hamilton being such a big advocate for it and all that sort of thing. He wins the seventh championship this year or next year. That's it. He's all over the front of F1. Um, and he's the be next big thing, I think. I mean, he's he's already been the poster boy for Formula One because he's because he's been so successful. I'm just looking ahead now at the at the rest of the um, uh, the calendar, and it's really interesting now. Like you say, they're just going to go week after week. Do you want to do you want to pull it up on the screen and yep. put the proper calendar so we can discuss? And I want to see what their um, indication is for why they've picked out these. Um, so, uh, places. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So this is the cancelled stuff, isn't it? This is this is just what BBC is showing. All times the UK and subject to change. It's the fifteenth now, and they definitely haven't had that. <laughs> no, so, I think they start on the start on the third of July, aren't they? I I thought was, there was going to be one on the. Yeah, something like the 4th of July and then the 11th of July. Hmm. Historic event is in Suzuka is off. 
what's going to replace them. Yeah, so it's going to be increasingly Eurocentric because of the way they've dealt with. Okay, so they're gonna have eight races in Europe running from early to July to early September. So two events are consecutive weekends in Austria, on the 3rd to the 5th, oh, okay. then to the 12th. Yep. And now there's going to be two Grand Prix in Germany. Yep. Uh, there's potentially going to be one in Italy. And they're exploring the possibility of Canada. F1 is likely to move on from Sochi. I mean, Sochi's a shit Grand Prix anyway. I've yeah, never watched the best ones. I've never watched that Grand Prix. I've watched the highlights and it is is dead. I have zero interest in that. Um, there's a major events ban in Texas. No surprise. Mexico probably wouldn't. Oh, it is. It's planning to host its Grand Prix. Oh, that's very, very strange. Well, I mean, Mexico, um... Mexico, if I remember correctly, they're not really reporting many... Um, um, deaths from COVID, or at least their COVID situation. Yeah, well, the question is, it's, it's the same as Belarus is not reporting many deaths, huh. but it's it's one of those things where are they reporting it right? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point actually. So it claims that they've had a massive drop off in COVID death in COVID confirmed cases. Yeah, but yeah. then you know it's so hard to tell what's accurate and what's not because they could yeah. they could well be doing that in order to just say um in order to get those you know people to come in and to to do their their grand prix or whatever it may be so yeah you just don't know with this data it's so so hazy um because no one really knows how to handle it and it's been such an unprecedented situation that some people have been moving and budging their numbers and maybe they won't say that, but it just feels like they definitely are. Yeah, exactly. That's a really tricky situation to think about, but coming back to Formula One, like it would be interesting to see what happens as a result of them kind of stacking the races mm. because there will inevitably be drivers that favor certain circuits. Like we know, obviously Lewis being British, he would favor the silver system. Uh, favor the Silverstone circuit. Yeah. And that, you know, could that potentially have an effect on the outcome of the of the championship? Yeah, well it's going to be a weird different championship. It's like um any sort of other sport that's coming back, you know, with football now they're talking about Champions League might not return this year and all that sort of talk. It's a very different ending to 2020 on how things are going to run. So any sort of championship they're going to be won in whatever sport it is is going to be a different way of it being won as before so it might in 2020 it might just have an asterisk onto every single win and every single sport um yeah i mean you could say that for every single sport as as you say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what what i'm trying to say is with um you mentioned hamilton um potentially favoring um the british grand prix the question is, I, I mean, I wouldn't have a clue about this, and I don't know if you would, but um, how much do spectators um, have an influence in Formula One? I mean, in Formula One, it probably doesn't have as big an impact. 
I mean, you think about individual sports, like the UFC has been back for a good month now, I think. And you can definitely see an impact in, term, in the fights. Like there was a guy who fought during this, this quarantine and then he went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he said, oh yeah, there was definitely, he definitely felt a difference because there wasn't a crowd there. And it kind of felt like a, like a sparring, like a practice match fight almost. Yeah. So in those individual sports where I, I, where the crowd can definitely make a difference and we can say the same thing for football, um, you're not, you know, the crowd isn't going to have as much of a difference. No, the crowd will have a bigger difference in those in, in more individual sports. But in something like Formula One, it's so it's so heavy on the mechanics, like, and the team behind it. Like, that's the really key thing. If you've got the correct car and the correct team behind it, then I don't think the crowd makes too much of a difference. Obviously, Lewis will be more incentivized to win because it's, it's the British Grand Prix and it's his home circuit. But then you can say that for every single other driver on the grid for their home circuit. So Yeah, I think I, I would also argue that endurance is definitely needed on top of a correct team and a correct engine behind the car. I mean, without endurance, you fatigue so quickly that you do two quick flaps and then you're like, yeah, I'm going to slow down. Is in physical endurance to last that long? Yes. Okay, right. Mm, yeah, that's... Um, yeah. So, um, I, I definitely would agree with you. And I think when you're, when you're driving past at 200 miles per hour, you're not really looking at what the crowd are doing, if you can even see what they're doing. I mean, you'll, bet you'll have so, maybe a second to look at the crowd and see a Union Jack. And be like, oh, cool, they're supporting me. Anyway, back to this incredibly complex overtake that I'm about to, that I'm about to handle. Like it's not yeah. really going to make much, much of a difference because, you know, there, there's the old, there's this kind of phrase. I'm probably butchering it, but it's like form, Formula One drivers don't blink because they are so focused on, on the race mm. uh, all the time. Yeah, well, of course that's a saying, but I definitely see where you're coming from with that because a split second there, you can go into a wall and, God forbid, you know. Now, of course, there's regulations, but back then. Yeah, it was so much more dangerous so many back in the day. People died because of not being 100% focused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, looking, talking about spectators, I know that you also wanted to um, cover mm. um, the return of rugby in yeah. Kiwi land. Yeah. And yeah. they've got full spectators there, haven't they? Exactly. Because New Zealand's, um, they've, they've had their last COVID case and the country's completely shut off. So they're not having any new cases. Um, and the country can go back to normal now, which I think is really fucking cool. But at, at the same time, it kind of makes me jealous because I wish we had a competent leader like uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister. But that's that's another topic for another podcast because we're definitely not smart enough to talk about that. But it was really cool to be able to see live sports with a live crowd that's into it again. I think that was just the best thing by far. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big rugby fan, so mm. I can't say I know a lot about this. Um, mm. I, I, I've definitely heard about it. And um, looking at the videos and looking at, you know, people talking about it, 
it almost seems like they're living pre-COVID and it's brilliant because I've been, you know, in these hallucinations that we're going to be in a different world and all that sort of thing, you know, how and things, how things are going to be and looking at them, it's almost giving me hope that things can go back to normal potentially you know if there's a vaccine or whatnot so it makes me very happy deep down being a sports fan that you know you can go and get emotional again with your team winning or losing or whatever but it's it's that human emotion that i think makes me feel a little bit better that we're going to be able to feel it again exactly and that's the big thing where you know obviously we've got live football again in some capacity i think it's starting this week isn't it the premier league but we've had german football but yeah, we've had German Jeez. football for like the last week, last month or so. Yeah. But it's not been the same because there hasn't been a live crowd that can get behind it. Mm. And it makes the the experience as a viewer, it's very, very weird. And um, it's it's almost not as enjoyable to watch. Whereas with this, you had obviously live sport again, which is great. And you had a live crowd. So you could, excuse me, you could be in there watching as well and you can get into it and I just thought that was so cool to be a part of yeah I th- well we, we never really appreciated how much spectators influence sport if you look at you know football where you look at the Dortmund crowd and how much of an influence they make on their team you know what they call the yellow wall is that right oh, yeah and, yeah and it, it, it's insane because if you from a Chelsea fan, right? We've got brilliant fans, brilliant chance. We've got about four chance. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. How fucking... And the other one. Hang on, and the other one. What's the other one? I I don't know the other one. I'm not a Chelsea fan. It's literally Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. That's the (laughs) other one. So, just to put into perspective, we've got shit fans, but I think even then, like, we, we... That will influence the team because it's just not the same. And it is like a training match. Like you were saying, it's a sparring game. It's not a proper go out there and try and beat the shit out of the other one, boxing, UFC, whatever it is. So with uh, Kiwi rugby, I think they're extremely lucky to be in the position they're in because I don't think the rest of the world will be quite there for you know, some good time. It's going to be a long old time before we're back to normal. So it's nice to see a country that can actual, actually handle their shit properly. And you know, yeah, they just seem to be, they just seem to be a little bit far ahead. Well, further ahead in the, um, I don't even know how to word it, but just life. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. Further along in the process of dealing with COVID, almost. It was really cool. Well, not just COVID. I think with with anything, if you look at how they're like, they're a. they just deal with anything very maturely and very well. I mean, it's really hard to paint all people with that kind of brush, but um, from, they, from they, what they, you they, hear, being, being very generalistic from what you hear, you know, about what they're doing and all their policies and all that sort of thing, uh, just very, again, very gen- generalistic. And I'm not saying everyone is like that, don't get me wrong, but they, they have a very um, modern viewpoint on things and they act on things very well, is what I'm saying. Well, well, the thing is, they elected an adult to be their Prime Minister, whereas we elected a fucking clown. We're not getting <laughs> into this, mate. 
We elected a fucking clown who doesn't know what he's doing. We, didn't, didn't we elect a um, prime minister who tackles uh, children? Oh, like, my God. In school playgrounds. Oh, hang on. I, I want to I get this up. Hang on. Um, if, if you're listening on audio, tough shit. Um, go and look up Boris Johnson. Um, what's it? Rugby with children. With child. Yeah, and he basically, I mean, if, you, if you're listening to us and not sitting watching us, he basically tried to play rugby with a kid. Uh, well, kids, a group of kids who went to a school, and he kind of stacked it. And as he stacked it, he very badly tackled this little kid down yes, to the Yes, here floor. we go, here we go. Get fucked. Oh. Shoulder to the face. Come here, you little, little shit. poor kid. God. Well, it was it was part of their promotion for the Japan Rugby World Cup, like ages and ages ago. And they also fell foul of the referee. What's he done here? I oh. don't know. <laughs> he just tackled that little kid and tripped him over. Oh yeah, that was in London. So that, so this video is also showing him in London um, before the 2012 Olympics. And he, he did this he did this big long zip line, and then the zip wire uh, got stuck, and he was just stuck there, holding these Union Jack flags, waving them, going "Go Britain!" like a fucking ape. Look at him. I say this respectfully to our Chinese hosts who have excelled so magnificently at This is our Prime Minister. Dan, after lockdown, do you want to have a game of Whiffworth? Let's have a game of Whiffworth. Perfect. I don't have any of the resources, but I think it'll be funny as fuck. And then once we're done, I'll go and tackle a child to the ground and beat him to within an inch of his life. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that, that, there we go. That's the title name. Because if you haven't figured it out by now, basically what we've been doing is we've been taking a quote from each one of our episodes and then we've made, been making that the title. So that's the title. I'm going to tackle a child to the ground and beat him to within an inch of his life. <laughs> Definitely going to get the police on us now. Oh, fucking hell. Well, if you got to this point, thanks for listening or watching. We really appreciate you. And yeah, we'll see you on Friday for our next episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, and like James said, if you have listened to here, up until here, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, let us know and we'll try and make it more entertaining yeah exactly cheers thanks for listening